Hi, I'm Mary Chong Carrera, and I'm what you call a river lifer. I joined our church when I was a college student, fresh in my relationship with God, and have remained here for 21 years because our community continues to be a place of growth for me and for my family's life of faith. And I am so grateful for and treasure the relationships we have formed here. For 17 years, I served with a collegiate ministry called InterVarsity Christian Fellowship on the campuses of UC Santa Cruz and San Jose State. And in this season of life, I'm spending my time with our youth ministry as the Associate Minister of Youth Outreach. I love seeing God's work and his love come alive in people. I'm so happy to share this time with you, and I hope that wherever you are on your faith journey, you get a sense of God's presence with you today. We start the fourth week of Advent today. Advent is, in the Christian tradition, a time to reflect on the story of God and his people as we prepare to celebrate the birth of Jesus. It is a time of waiting for God to come, to come into our lives in a time of wondering about what that means. Each week of Advent has a theme, and this week's theme is faith. Faith is holding on to what we know is true about God in all times and in all circumstances. Faith is believing that God will come to us to show us love and to show us help. And during the Advent season, though we know that Jesus has come as a physical sign of God's love and help, we remember that the Israelites spent centuries waiting for him. And for us today, though we know that Jesus has come, we are still waiting for him to come again, to make all things completely right. We live in this interesting space where God is already with us and we are waiting for him to show up again. Once upon a time, long ago, about 2,700 years, there was a king named Ahaz. Ahaz was the king of Judah over the house of David. And at that time, there were two neighboring kingdoms with their own kings, King Rezin of Aram and King Pekah of Israel. Now there was another superpower, the Assyrians, and the Assyrians were moving west, edging closer and closer to Aram and Israel and making those kings very nervous. So Rezin and Pekah go to Ahaz and plead with him to join them in resisting the threat of the Assyrians. But Ahaz says no. After the rejection, Rezin and Pekah plan a coup. They want to take over the kingdom of Judah and put someone else in power, someone who will join them in the resistance against the Assyrians. King Ahaz gets wind of this plot and is scared. In Isaiah 7-2, he says, The carts of Ahaz and his people were shaken as the trees of the forest are shaken by the wind. I think I'd be shaking too from the imminent threat of not just one, but two armies coming toward me. And it is, it is at this time that God sends Isaiah to King Ahaz with a message. Isaiah 7, 4 to 9 says, Say to him, be careful, keep calm, and don't be afraid. 
do not lose heart because of these two smoldering stubs of firewood, because of the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram and the son of Ramalia. Aram, Ephraim, and Ramalia's son have plotted your ruin, saying, let us invade Judah. Let us tear it apart and divide it among ourselves and make the son of Tabeel king over it. Yet this is what the sovereign Lord says. It will not take place. It will not happen. For the head of Aram is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is only resin. Within 65 years, Ephraim, Ephraim will too be shattered to be a people. The head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is only Ramalia's son. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. This is absolutely incredible. In the wake of the news that his kingdom is going to be soon under attack in the midst of not just his own fear, but also the great anxiety of all his people, Isaiah delivers this word to him. Be careful, keep calm, and don't be afraid. Do not lose heart. It will not take place. It will not happen. God is so aware of everything that is happening. He knows Rezin and Pekah are planning a coup. He knows Ahaz is afraid and comes to him in crisis. He addresses his fear, assures him with safety, and exhorts him to faith. God speaks again to him in verses 10 to 13, inviting Ahaz to engage with him. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to, to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of Israel, is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? At first reading, it could seem like Ahaz is trying to be a faithful guy. Because yes, there are places in the Bible that say don't test God. But in this case, God literally and directly says, ask for a sign. This actually reminds me a bit of conversations with my kids when they are in the middle of big feelings. Hey, Jesse, if you tell me what happened, I can help you work it out. No, it doesn't matter anyway. You're just going to take his side. Hey, Angel, if you need help, you can ask for help. You don't want to help me. Hey, Sebs, why don't you tell me what you want? You're not going to give it to me anyway. These interactions can be so frustrating and, to be honest, a little sad and hurtful because I really do care about helping my kids, but in these moments, they cannot believe that I do have their best interests in mind. They don't trust that I want to or that I will help them, and they withdraw and create a barrier between us. Do you remember having similar thoughts or feelings of mistrust towards your parents when you were kids? Might you carry similar thoughts and feelings towards God now? Like my kids, Ahaz says no and creates a barrier between himself and God. 
And we find out later that instead of leaning into God's promise, he goes to the king of Assyria, the greatest threat of all, for help. And it does not end well for the house of Judah. Now, I think we can listen to this story and become critical of King Ahaz. For goodness sake, Ahaz, you are in the line of David, the line of the Israelites who the Lord God has been faithful to and has delivered out of danger time and time again. And literally, literally, God said, ask me for a sign. Have some faith, man. When I told the boys the story, they first responded, what a dummy. And in a moment of inspiration, I said, imagine the two biggest, baddest bullies at your school, and you are their target. They get some of their friends together, and you find out they're going to jump you after school. Then your brother comes running and said, don't worry, it's not going to happen. I was just praying, and God told me to tell you, don't be scared, you're safe. And they're all, they're all going to get in trouble for even thinking about messing with you. What do you guys think now? I asked. Would you be able to believe what your brother says? Their faces grew serious and said, that's hard. I'd still be scared. And it is hard. Bullies like the armies of Syria and Israel are real life people who can do real life harm. They can be seen and heard, and their punches and swords will do damage if they strike. God does not come to Ahaz and say, the threat's not real. He acknowledges the threat, gives assurance of safety, and invites, invites Ahaz to engage with him. God exhorts him to stand in his faith. Ahaz has a very long history of God's faithfulness and deliverance at his hands. He knows what God has done. He knows who God is to himself and to the people of Judah. The impending attack, though, puts pressure on his faith, and Ahaz has to consider what he believes about who God is and what he can do. The threat to Ahaz is real, and threats to our safety and peace are real. On a global level, the world is full of crisis. There is war, political unrest, injustice, oppression, poverty. Our earth is straining with fires, drought, flooding, pollution, and there seems to be a mass shooting every other day. On a personal level, we may also experience crisis and unrest. There is tension and misunderstanding in marriages, family relationships, friendships. There's fighting among siblings and with, with parents. There are bullies at school and our friendship circles may change in ways that don't feel good. We or people close to us are battling mental and physical health issues, sickness, disease. Caring for aging parents or sick family is hard. Parenting is hard. There is stress at school and work. There are things that we have been hoping for and wanting to happen that are just not happening. There are so many things around us that are just not right. 
and the list can go on and on. And while the holidays are a time when many get together for fun and celebration, for some of us, being with or without family can bring sadness, pain, and loneliness. There are a lot of things, big and small, that will threaten our sense of safety and peace. And these things can put pressure on our faith, on what we believe about God and what he is able to do. God sees all these things, and he sees us. He made himself known to Ahaz, and he will make himself known to us as well. I wonder what crisis, what unrest are you experiencing now? What do you want? What do you long for in the midst of what you are experiencing? When I was eight months old, well, when I was eight months in my mother's womb, my family immigrated to the U.S. We were refugees escaping from the Khmer Rouge who had taken power and were terrorizing the people in Cambodia. My sisters and dad worked in their labor camps. My parents buried a child. My family, including my pregnant mom, walked hundreds of miles for three months to get to the refugee camp in Thailand. And later, with a U.S. family sponsorship, we were safely relocated to Henderson, Texas. I grew up hearing many stories about my family's experience, some with laughter and hope, but most filled with fear, pain, and loss. I'll share two of those stories now. As my family made their way to the refugee camp, in the company of other refugees, they would stop along the way to sleep and rest. One morning after they got up and walked away, a landmine exploded when they were safely out of range. And my mom said it was right where they had lain through the night. Ooh. Another time, my mom was bathing in a body of water along the way. As she stood in the water, weeping in her pain, grief, and fear, she felt something all through her body and said she had this deep sense of relief. She said she didn't understand it, but from that moment on, she just knew that we were going to be okay. My mom says there were so many times that she thought we were going to die. There were so many times that we should have died. But each time something happened differently or someone intervened. And my mom says it was God. The Lord says in, in Isaiah 7, 14 and Matthew 1, 22, the Lord says, do not be afraid. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. This is the message of God from uh, this is the message from God for us. Do not be afraid. I am with you. I will come to you in times of crisis. I will be with you in times of trouble and I will help. This is the God we see at work with Ahaz, with Joseph and with my mom. This is the God who comes to us through Jesus. And this is the good news for us on this fourth Sunday of Advent. 
God comes to us in the midst of our crisis, in the midst of our difficult situations. He comes to us in our pain, in our suffering, our doubt and unbelief and questions do not keep him away. He comes to us just where we are. Knowing this, believing this, or even trying to believe this may not change our circumstances or mean that all things we want and long for will happen the way we picture it. It can be hard to hold on to this, to believe that God is with us and God is at work in our lives when things are just not right. This is the pressure on our faith. The exhortation to Ahaz is the same for us. Stand firm in your faith. Faith is holding on to what we know is true about God in all circumstances. Faith is holding on to what we know is true about him. Faith does not take away the difficult or hard, but it will change us. It will open us to the things that God is doing. It will open us to experiencing his presence with, his, with us and his love for us. We'll be able to receive his help, whether it is his divine intervention or the support of a friend. And as we are changed, so will others around us because God's love extends to everyone. The last two months have been extremely difficult for me and my family of origin. I'm being intentionally vague to protect my family's privacy as my story is so intertwined with my extended family. There have been painful interactions and misunderstandings. There are broken relationships between us, and while there's talking, there's not really talking. And many of us are feeling the consequences of hurtful choices and actions, some of which have happened recently and some dating back decades. There is shame and secrecy and not a lot of hope. And I have been crying a lot. Crying, but not engaging with God. During this Advent season, our church has been moving toward a greater awareness of our longings and desires. And during this Advent season, I realized that I have shut down the longing I once had for God's healing and reconciliation to come into my family of origin. And I don't have a lot of hope for change. I have not prayed for God's work in my family for a long time because it became harder and harder to believe that things would change as the years rolled by and things stayed mostly the same. I'm afraid to feel the sadness and I'm afraid that things will not change and I'll just be disappointed. In this Advent season, God came to me with an invitation to re-engage with him, to bring my longing, to reawaken my longing for my family to be healed and reconciled. Like Ahaz, I have a history of God's presence in my family line. There is so much evidence of God's work over 40 years of stories, experiences, memories, of God's presence and movement, including the stories I shared today. 
And yet, it is still hard for me to believe that God's love, presence, and power will move us into healing. I love my family deeply. And while I do have hesitation, while I do have doubt, I do believe that God is inviting me to engage with him over this tender and important part of my world. He is exhorting me to stand firm in my faith, to hold on to what I know is true about him, even when things are not the way I want or hope for them to be. Ahaz was not able to stand firm in his faith. Let's not be like Ahaz. Let us recall the ways we have experienced God before and let those be an anchor to help us hold on to what we know of God. Let us choose to engage with God and ask him for a sign. I want to acknowledge that although we are all gathered together here in the same place, we are not all having the same experiences. Some of us are more assured in our faith right now. And if that's you, how is God inviting you to come alongside someone around you? Some of us are exploring our faith. And if that's you, ask for a sign that God would show you he is real. Some of us are downright struggling. Let's ask God for a sign of his presence and promise. Wherever you are, that's where God will meet you. Ask him for a sign. Engage with him. Would you join me in taking a step of faith to open our hearts to God, to his presence and work, even if it's a little scary? Now, as we enter into a time of reflection and sharing, there will be some questions that will come up on the screen. As we interact with these questions, my hope is that we can grow in our faith, in our knowledge and understanding that God is with us where we are. He invites us to engage with him. Let us have faith and ask him for a sign. Mm -hmm.